Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Wake up, everybody. That's what we try to do right here in the living room. Good morning. It's August the 20th, 2020. Let me say that again. You may have missed it. It's August the 20th, 2020, the year. That does not come around too often. It's 7 a.m., and it's you and I in our new starting time at 7 a.m. We still go to 10 a.m., but in this business, people tune in, tune out. I run across people who say, I didn't know that you have a new starting time or you run across people and say, is your starting time still 8 to 10? So what we have to do is to make sure that you, our radio listening audience, is in tune to what is going on. So when we say good morning, It's 7 a.m. It's a way not only to, as my theme song, Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes with Teddy Pendergrass out front, wake up everybody, but it's also to make sure that when you have people who are searching the dial, people who may know the voice, and they want to know why, The Voice is at 7, when for 33 years, it was 8 to 10, and now going into our 34th year in October, we have been given an extra hour at WIP. So what we want you to do is to be a part of what it is that we do. For example, the format today is going to be more of an open format. We want to give more of you an opportunity to take part in the show, particularly with the fact that football season is here. Telephone number in order to get involved is 215-592-9494. Will allow you to be a part 
of the different topics. We certainly will be talking about the Eagles, but we will have other topics that we will bring to you and topics that you'll probably bring to us. The most important thing is to have you to be an integral part of what it is that we're doing. Are you ready for some football? And I know that if you're ready for some football, which you are in the greater Philadelphia region, the Eagles' home opener against the Los Angeles Rams. Now, I've been around so long that when I say Los Angeles Rams, that's the original home of the Los Angeles Rams football team. Before they moved to St. Louis and became the St. Louis Rams and won a Super Bowl, that franchise was legendary. Quarterback for them back in the day was Bob Waterfield. Backup quarterback was Norm Van Brocklin. Most of you have no idea what I'm talking about. So I always have to fill you in with history because in most cases you don't know the history, so we have to give you the backdrop of the history. Norm Van Brocklin was the quarterback that led the Philadelphia Eagles to the 1960 championship before Super Bowl became a part of the vernacular in terms of winning championships. Norm Van Brocklin was the quarterback with the Los Angeles Rams, but he played behind Bob Waterfield. And the Rams had an outstanding football team during that era. But football in Los Angeles fell off, and then the owners of the Los Angeles Rams decided to move their franchise, and they eventually moved it to St. Louis. So that's who the Eagles are playing today. And this is an important game for the Eagles. Why, Sonny? Coming off the loss last week to Washington. And let me digress just a little bit. For those of you who tune in on a regular basis, and I thank you, you may remember the latter part of the show, we spoke about the fact that Washington is a new team because of the new head coach and what his philosophy was going to be. There is no tape. There's no preseason games. 
So we spoke about it as a disadvantage for the Eagles, but an advantage for Washington. And the fact that you don't know the style of play and the way that this team, Washington, is going to be built. And we ended up finding out during the course of the game. I would say to most of you, I would say on a scale of 10, there probably was a strong eight. Maybe the dog quivering a little bit on nine that, hey, this is Washington. You know, we beat Washington. Well, no. It was Washington, but it's Washington without a last nickname. It's Washington with a new coach. It's Washington with a new concept. And lo and behold, after we had a very good first half, Carson Wentz, we did not have a good second half, Carson Wentz. And Carson Wentz and the Eagles ended up being sacked eight times. Eight times. And that's where people are saying sometimes you have to throw the ball away and live for another day. That play, you're not going to pull off. That defensive line of Washington was overpowering the offensive line of the Eagles. Carson Wentz, sometimes throw it away and live for another day. It's going to be interesting to see what happens in today's game because one of the most feared linemen in the National Football League, Aaron Donaldson. Can they keep him out of Carson Wentz's face? Now, you got to understand, there is video. Video of how Washington was able to attack the Eagles defensively and garner those eight sacks. Have the Eagles been able to shore up or still be vulnerable? And if they can't shore up, here comes Aaron Donaldson. So you want to make sure that you keep an eye, if it's TV, or if you're listening to us, meaning the Eagles on WIP with Merle Lynch, Merle Reese, and Mike Quick, they will give you the insight to what is going on 
in this game. Now, it's also good that Lane Johnson is back. That's helped. Miles Sanders is geared to play in this game. That's good help on the offensive side. But what we have to understand about today's ball game, it's not a game that you would say you have to win, but it's a game that you have to say it's important game for the Eagles to win. You don't want to start the season 0-2 and then be in a situation where you're now scrambling to get back to 500. If you're not aware, the Los Angeles Rams beat the Dallas Cowboys last week. Dallas is in Atlanta today. That's who you have to keep your eye on. And again, that's why the loss last week was so difficult for the Philadelphia Eagles. Telephone number, if you want to get involved, is 215-592-9494. will allow you to be a part of that. 94 FM WIP Sports Radio Time, 715. Seven twenty-one in the morning. Ready or not, here I come. That's the Eagles' home opener versus the Los Angeles Rams. I just wanted to see how many of you are really paying attention with the fact that we now have a starting time of seven a.m. I know that I have a number of callers that are glued to our conversation in the living room. So when I threw out there, it's August the 20, 2020, I just wanted to see what kind of feedback. And I want to thank all of you. <laughs> hey, Sonny, it's September the 20th, 2020. I know, I know, but I'm trying to find out how many callers and how many people are really listening? And when I get that kind of feedback, it makes you feel real good. So I want to thank you for that. And then, ready or not, here I come. We're talking about what's going to happen with the Philadelphia Eagles with this very important game. Again, telephone numbers, if you want to get involved with that conversation, is 215 215- Five nine two nine four nine four. Let me uh, plant a few other things that may be of relevance. And 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 this 
is something that I speak about because of the way the dynamics have changed in sport in America. When you talked about team sport back in the day, it was always baseball and then what other sports that you want to have a conversation with or about. That's what he used to call off-season in baseball a hot stove because there would be a lot of conversation around baseball during the off-season. In fact, when I started this business at WIP 33 years ago, 34 years in October will be 34, my my, my show was based on baseball. That's why I was able to have Hank Aaron, Sweet Lou Williams, Larry Doby, Don Newcomb, Roy Campanella, and any number of baseball players. Robin Roberts, Richie Ashburn, because that's where the conversation flowed. Well, baseball, as a team sport, is no longer in that position. Conversation today is built primarily around football, basketball, even hockey. And the reason I'm speaking about that is because there's some history that's being made in baseball, Major League Baseball. And then you're going to say, well, Sonny, what is, what is the history that you're talking about? When I say Albert Pujols, What do you think? And I can feel my radio listening audience now. First off, who is Albert Pujols? That's sad. And what kind of history would we be talking about with Albert Pujols? Let me preface it by saying this. If you look at the history of Major League Baseball and you mention the name Albert Pujols, he would be in the upper echelon all time of baseball players. Let me say that again. He would be in the upper echelon of all time baseball players. And then you're saying to me, well, why, Sonny? I think a name that resonates to a large degree with sport fans, and rightfully so, 
If I say Willie Mays, most of you know the name or know of the name. Well, Albert Pujols, this week, passed Willie Mays on the all-time home run list. They were tied at 660. And I did this when he tied Willie Mays a few weeks back. Didn't get any real feedback. That tells me that the interest in team sport in America and baseball in particular is not that high. But I spoke about it, and I said he tied Willie Mays for number six all time on Major League Baseball home run list. This past week, Albert Pujols, oh, by the way, he plays for the Los Angeles Angels. Most of you might even know that. And by the way, the best of his career was with the St. Louis Cardinals. But when his contract came up and he was a free agent, the Los Angeles Angels outbid the St. Louis Cardinals big time to give him a 10-year contract that he still has one year left because they wanted him, Albert Pujols, to be with their franchise because they thought it would be a good hype and a good way for its fans, both the fans who come to the game and the fans who listen on radio and TV and the media to be really interested in the Los Angeles Angels. So he made the move to go to Los Angeles and play for the Angels. Well, this past week he hit two home runs, which now places him at 662 all time. He's fifth all time in the history of Major League Baseball home runs. Wow. If I had been able to do this same story when baseball was king, my phone would be jumping off the hook. And I think a lot of that is because the baseball fan and the people who identify with baseball historically, that group has gotten older. So that group does not chime in as much as it would have back in the day. So he now has 662 home runs. Fourth, fifth on the all-time list of home run hitters. If Albert is able to get to 696 and home runs, it's Alex Rodriguez, A-Rod. If he's able to get to 714, he would be tied with Babe Ruth. 
if he can get to 755, he would be tied with Hank Aaron. And the player with the most all-time home runs is Barry Bonds with 762. The likelihood of Albert Pujols getting to the higher number is going to be difficult because his health and his age has deterred him in terms of his ability to play on a consistent basis and be the the terror that he was in his heyday. When you think about all-time baseball players and where Albert is in that conversation, check this out. In RBIs, he has 2,099. Next up on the list would be Babe Ruth with 2,214. The player at the top of the list is Hank Aaron, 2,297. That's RBIs. Wow. And in hits, he's 15th on the all-time hit list, 3,235. People may not. Media may fluff over it. But I'm a baseball guy. I grew up loving baseball. I grew up wanting to be a baseball player. Baseball was my primary sport. Basketball was my secondary sport. I would pass up playing basketball in the summer to continue to develop my skills because I wanted to play baseball. So I have a high interest in what goes on in baseball. I would be remiss if I did not spend the time this morning to discuss and give you the information about one of the greatest baseball players of all time, Albert Pujols. If you want to get involved in that conversation, telephone numbers 215-592-9494 will allow you to be a part of that conversation. And I would put it out this way. If you're thinking about baseball, Major League Baseball, where in that conversation of all-time greats would you place number five for the St. Louis Cardinals, number five for the Los Angeles Angels, Albert Pujols? 94 FM WIP Sports Radio Time, 735.
7.41 a.m. in the morning. And uh, we want to shift gears a little bit. Let me set it up this way. Last week, getting ready for the living room, I turn on the TV and I hear that there's a fire in West Philadelphia. And they indicate where the fire is. I say to myself, that sounds like one of my young guys, Donnie Glenn, in his place. And then they say, there are animals there. So, oh, my goodness. So I pick up the phone, call my business partner, TM, and I say, check to see if that's Donnie's. Lo and behold, it happened. So with that, I say, we need to reach out to him. We need to find out if there's something that we can do to support him. With that being said, let us say in the living room this morning, good morning to Donnie Glenn. Good morning, Mr. Hill. Thanks for having me. Donnie, you know how we feel about you. We, you know how we interact with you. We know that from the Sunny Hill community involvement and its league, but its community. And you know how I feel about animals and particularly the animals that you have and the importance that those animals play, particularly in an urban environment, because we don't see a lot of animals in an urban environment. And you, Donnie Glenn, bring that to the community and you make it possible for our young people to be able to see the kind of animals that you have at your facility, which now has been burned. Donnie Glenn, speak to that for me. Yes, it's um, a tragic situation right now that we're going to try to rebuild and make things better than ever. Right now, it's a little hard because I have to go travel. I had to remove the horses from the location and travel back and forth from Philly to Jersey. But I'm going to bring it back and have, keep something positive in the community for the kids because they can have a safe place to, to have to go to and have fun. And it's all about family with us. That's all I'm trying to do. That's how I came up. So. Just trying to pray for it. Donnie, Glenn, tell my radio listening audience the assortment of animals that you had at your place. Uh, we have horses. Uh, How many horses? Had about 10, 11 horses. Okay. Um, 11 ducks. Oh, my goodness. Four tickets. 
Four chickens. Yep. Um, oh, chickens. Were they roosters or hens? Well, we had two roosters. And you had two hens? Yes. So every now and then you get fresh eggs. Come on yeah. now. Come on yeah. now. I'm yeah. farm boy, yeah. you know. I'm down yeah. home boy. Come on now. Yeah, yeah. I give, <laughs> I give the, I give the eggs away. A lot of people from the community uh-huh. just come around. Uh huh. But they're fresh eggs. You know yeah. what those eggs are when they crack them in the pan, Donnie Glenn? What the egg it? yolk spreads all over the pan because the eggs are fresh, not eggs that we get from the market, which are now frozen. And then we get them. And then when you crack them, the eggs don't spread all over the pan. Uh, pan. Come on now. I'm a down-home yeah. boy. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah we have, I have two goats there, too. Two goats. Okay. Oh, and, uh, Is that um, it? and two turkeys. And two turkeys? Yes. Now, when you talk about it from that point of view, Donnie Glenn, it makes me flash back. See, I was raised in the country. I was raised on a farm. I know what it is to have horses. My my grandmother on my father's side, Lottie Hill Brown, she had two horses. I, and it's amazing how I still can remember the names of these horses. And this has been during this 70 years ago. Maud and Lucky. And I remember my grandmother and I was, I don't know, maybe six years old, seven years old, eight years old, whatever, I would ride the horse. Now, when you ride a horse, if you're not in sync with the horse as the hawk horse walks or runs, your buttocks will get sore. Am I right, Donnie Glenn? Absolutely right. <laughs> now, this is what my grandmother, Lottie Hill Brown, did. Remember, we lived in the country. Now, this is way back in the 40s. She had a sab that had been made up. And because I didn't know how to ride the horse the correct way, my buttocks was inflamed, for lack of a better <laughs> word. <laughs> she put that sab on my rear and cleaned all that up for me. So that's one of my stories. The other one is with my grandmother, Mildred, on my Mother's side, and my grandma, great-grandmother Mildred, my grandmother Maddie and Terry, I had a pig as a pet, a little piglet. Just the same way you act with a dog or a cat, yeah. you're able to do the same thing with a piglet. And that piglet ends up growing up, and eventually... We had to slaughter the pig because that's the way you were able to get your meat and stuff. So that's another one of my country stories. So that's one of the reasons that I'm so uh, engaged with what it is that you're doing, Donnie Glenn, because of the fact that you can bring this to the community and give our youngsters in particular a feel of what it is to be around the animals in the manner that you do it. So with that, how is it that we can help you to rebuild and get the support that you need? Well, we started uh, on GoFundMe. They call okay. it Hands and Farm. 
All right. Give, give that information out, Donnie, because I know that there are people who are listening who would probably be interested in order to help you rebuild and bring that back to an urban setting in Philadelphia. Go ahead. Yes. They can reach out at Hand to Hand Farm. Or you can contact a number at 267-630-1266. Give that number out again because sometimes people don't have a pencil or the technology in their hand at the present time. 267 Six three zero one two six six. Now the other thing is, I understand that you had to relocate your animals. Tell the people where you were able to relocate and if any of the animals were damaged before you were able to get them out with the fire at your location. And give your location of where your 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 your, uh, your facility is in West Philadelphia. Yes, we are located at fifty three seventeen West Minister Avenue, one nine one three one, and I had to relocate the animals to Woodstown, New Jersey. So it's a little ride. Yeah, where's Woodstown? Where's that near? Uh, Cowtown, New Jersey. Oh, okay, okay. All right, I know where Cowtown is. I think other people do. Cowtown is where you can go and, and be a part of the rodeo. Yeah, yeah. They got flea market, got good birds. Yes, down. yes. So go ahead. Yeah, so right now, that's what I'm about to do. I got to run. I'm basically running back and forth because I still have the chickens and stuff at the location in West Philadelphia. So it's a little hard right now with this commuting back and forth till we get the rebuild. Now, Donnie, again, let the people know what a hardship this is. Donnie, uh, you work for the post office, is that correct? Yes. Yes. So I'm you're just an to... everyday worker who just has a passion for what you do which means that you're putting a lot of your personal resources and a few people that probably have rallied around you. I know in our particular case, we've tried to give you support and we'll continue to try to give you support. But speak to uh, what a hardship it is. As it is, it's pretty difficult because right now, we basically, I fund, I use my own money Yes. To do everything and whatever the horses make, I, I use to give back to the community. We have cookouts and fun days. And mm-hmm. I actually am about to have one next week, so okay. kids are a little bummed about it. But Where's your fun day this next week? Oh, um, we're not able to have it because of the fire, so. Oh, okay, after okay. Re- after you see, you would, you would have I'm had your have fun day, day, but the yeah. fires deterred it. Yes. Yeah. Now, my understanding, Donnie Glenn, is that the fire was started by some people that were homeless? Yes, they basically is basically was quiet and then 
somebody ran a wire and it's and it it started an arc. I guess it wasn't grounded. That wire got too hot and mm, mm, mm. I get a call at two in the morning. Yeah. And they basically wasn't supposed to be there, so it's kinda a bummer. Donnie, we're gonna we're gonna reach out to our radio listening audience. We're gonna make sure that we can get as much support as possible to help you and your organization to continue to do some good in the neighborhood. That's an old saying by a disc jockey called Georgie Woods. So I don't I don't own that. I just use it. So make sure you let people know who it is. So uh, Donnie, we're gonna support what it is that you're doing. We're gonna check in with regular basis in terms of where you are and what you're doing. And I just wanna laud you and support you because we need what it is that you're doing, which is a good thing for our community with the animals and the young people and the community. So Donnie Glenn, thank you so very much for being in the living room this morning. And thank you so much for being able to give my radio listening audience that information. And we'll make sure that uh, with some regularity, we get that out there. And then what you can do is let us know what kind of feedback you're getting from being in the living room this morning. Okay, thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Donnie Glenn. Thank you. All right. Donnie is on the Schwartz-Colleton guest line. If you've been injured, get justice. Call 1-800-JUSTICE. The 94FM WIP Sports Radio Time. 7.55 a.m. I ask no favor for my sex. All I ask of our brethren is that they take their feet off our necks. No, no, no. Ginsburg, 87 years, 27 years on the Supreme Court, known as RBG, passed away the latter part of this week. Let us pause for a moment in the living room. She made a difference and will be missed. Thanks for making a difference. The world will be better because of you, RBG, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. There are certain people who pass through and they make a profound difference. 
and the society that we live in. RBG, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, is one of those individuals. So we in the living room want to pause and pay respect to a unique human being who dedicated herself and her life to try to make the world that we live in, and particularly America, a better place for everyone. We're going to go through the phones. We're going to have Tommy and Upper Darby. Good morning. Good morning, Tommy. And number one, I will be, uh, as soon as I hang up, uh, donating to uh, Mr. Glenn's uh, farm or whatever he has. Number two, RIP, RBG. And um, I lived in Atlanta during uh, Hank's uh, record setting uh, home run I couldn't get in to that game but I was a big Cleet Boyer fan Cleet Boyer uh, oh man Cleet Boyer's brother who was the St. Louis Cardinals third baseman go ahead yeah but Cleet Pickett and so few uh, people uh, attended those games. Uh, I could sit on the uh, third base line and watch him just play that position like I don't know. No one else I ever saw. And uh, when. Uh, Hank uh, hit his uh, record-hitting uh, uh, homer. I went the next day, and it, there were there were like one thousand fans, and he hit another one. He he was incredible. Probably uh, the best player I ever saw. And uh, he uh, shook my hand one day. Didn't say a word. Just shook my hand like a man. And I, I always remember that because it was man to man. Black and white, forget about it. He was a. Uh, so when we're talking about 
Tommy, when we're talking about baseball, and we were bringing up the subject about baseball because of Albert Pujols and the records that he is ascending on, it made you think about number 44, Hank Aaron. I want you to know this. Back in the day when I started broadcasting, I used to have Hank Aaron in the living room. Oh. On a regular basis. Oh. Yes. So you you had a nice note when you brought into the conversation that when you think about all-time great baseball players, the player that you think about, and rightfully so, is number 44. A guy who came up in the major leagues or in the baseball as a second baseman, they convert him right? to an outfield where he's one of the great right fielders of all time. And I truly believe this. If Hank Aaron had played on a major market and was able to ascend on the multitude of records that he holds, he would be a bigger star than he is. Uh, Go ahead. He is he he is a star in the galaxy to me. Yes. I mean, the man, the player, the person, humble. Yes, that's him. And talented. To 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 uh, the highest degree. Yes. Now now Tommy, this is what I want you to do. Anthony, make sure you get Tommy's telephone number for me because Tommy has been so gracious to hear what's going on with Donnie Glenn and his operation that had fire that he wants to be a part of that. So, Tommy, make make sure you give to Anthony, my producer, your telephone number, and I'll make sure that Donnie gets in touch with you personally. And for any of the the people out there that are listening and they want to do the same thing, feel free to call in and say, hey, I want to be a part of making a difference, and this would be a big difference. And, and Tommy, I want to thank you for that. Go ahead. And one, one more thing. Yes. Your uh, your uh, telehealth uh, sessions with uh, the doctors. Yes. The Jefferson doctors. Yes. Life saving. Thank you. And thank I you. I got to chill. You, hit, you 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 hit my heart when you said that. Thank you. All right, sir. Tommy, bless you. Thank you very much. Get that information, Anthony, for us. Let's go on to uh, Dennis and and, uh, Matt Laurel. Sonny, how you doing this morning? Hey, buddy. How are you? Good. I haven't talked to you in a while. Good. I'm still here. I know you are. (laughs) I hear you every Sunday. I hear you in the living room, or as my mother called it, the power. Oh, yes. Stop it. Yes. The power, Stop it. Sonny, that's, the power. That's definitely, 
that's the other terminology. It's called a parlor. I wasn't allowed to sit in the parlor. I had to go to the other room. <laughs> Tell the people why, Dennis, you are not allowed to sit in the parlor with grown folks. Go ahead, tell them. Because they, they would be uh, smoking their cigarettes and talking mm-hmm. adult talk, and yes. the kids weren't allowed there. We had to go to the other you room. You are. Hey, Dennis, how old are you? I'm 68, honey. You're young, and you know that. Well, I grew up in Trenton, New Jersey, as I've told you many times, and I yes. had a row home row home on Genesee Street, and, uh, yeah, I was excommunicated from the parlor on many occasions. <laughs> well, only because grown folks didn't feel that young people should be listening to what grown folks are talking about, and they didn't yeah. intertwine. And we still and they, should be doing the same thing, but unfortunately – go ahead. And every, every one of them had a cigarette and a, and a cigarette stand next to them, and they would be smoking away. <laughs> and not only that, but you'd have them filthy ashtrays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still, stay, Sonny, you I, walk into somebody's I, house and it smells like like cigarettes and ashes. Sonny, in, in my Sonny, in my laundry room, I still uh-huh. have two of my I still have two of my parents' old ashtrays. Do you? Yeah, I do. <laughs> hey, don't don't let them get away. Don't no, one of let them ant- get away. One of them is make a, sure is a you keep right. them. That is, that is that is valuable. One's a regular memory. ashtray. One's a regular ashtray. And the other one's on a stand. Where it had a base and then it had a glass cylinder and a and a little metal thing you would carry it around with. I I I know what you're talking about. My grandmother smoked camels, <laughs> and she smoked camels up until she was in her early fifties. And My she parents. went to the doctor, and the doctor told her that if she continued to smoke, she was going to have health problems. It's to my grandmother's credit that she stopped smoking. My grandmother smoked. At least two packs of camels or more a day. My parents smoke palm oils. Yes. <laughs> yes. Hey, I'm going to talk about two guys. I'm going to talk about Albert Pujols real quick. Go ahead. He had a, he had a fantastic 10 years in St. Louis. Yes. Got the big money. And his last 10 years have been good, but no, nowhere near what he was in St. Louis, Sonny. Correct. He was in, He was incredible. He was a... He was a machine in St. Louis, and, and for different reasons. Wait, wait, hold up, hold up, hold up. Yeah. What's his yeah. nickname? Albert? Do you know his nickname? No, I, don't. I don't. You just said it. He's called a machine. Okay. Come on, man. I know this baseball stuff. I don't know about basketball, but I know this. I know this. That's his nickname, the machine. Do you know that MC Hammer took his Hammer name from Hank Aaron? Yes. I found that out a couple months ago. I couldn't believe that. <laughs> All right. I got so one go ahead. You were talking yeah. about Albert Pujols for my radio yeah. listening audience. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's a great, great player. People don't realize how great he was. His numbers with home runs and RBIs and hits, he's in the top ten of all time. That's my opinion. Well, that's why I put out there uh, in reference to what kind of a player – Albert Pujols is on the all-time history list of baseball, and and what you've been able to do is to bring into that conversation what a great player Albert Pujols is and will be as the history of baseball unfolds. Sonny, a quick basketball question. Andre Iguodala. Andre Iguodala, very, very good ball player. Mm -hmm. Do you think think he will – 
it's a two part question. Should he get in the Hall of Fame, and will he get into the Hall of Fame? No, and no. And the reason uh, is the fact that he was dealt a good hand, but a bad hand when he came here. Yeah, I know that. Yep. People thought he was going to be the person to fill in for Allen Iverson. He was never that player. Never. And and we misused him. Yep. Absolutely. And we didn't protect him in terms of that. Now, I can say that because I embraced Andre Iguodala. And you know him, right? Andre, let me finish. And Andre Iguodala introduced me to his father, and his brother still lives in the area. And I was a confidant to Andre to keep him in a more positive mindset. Very good ball player. And there's, you know, some people, a couple people, and I'm not going to use any names on I've asked different people on the station. One or two think he does will get in the Hall of Fame, and, and most don't. And I say he was a very good player. But when I think of the Hall of Fame, Sonny, I think of greatness. He made one all-star yeah. team. Yes, he's, he a, he's a winner. I'm going to wrap it up. Yeah. Uh, but the point that he's you raised is good. But I thank you for calling. And uh, the 94 FN WIP Sports Radio Time. It's 8.21 in the morning, and as always, you're in the living room with Sunny Hill. And uh, if you want to get involved in the conversation, the telephone number is 215-592-9494. And don't forget, it's the Eagles home opener. And uh, let me put some information out there for you because what they're saying is that whole area where the Eagle Stadium is is going to be blocked off, cordoned off. They don't want any tailgaters or anyone in that area. So if you are headed in the area thinking that maybe you can set up tailgating outside or somewhere in the park, you're not going to be able to do it. And for those people who are going in that direction and they want to get on 95, be cautious because the total area is going to be blocked off. They do not want any tailgaters at all in the area. So keep that in mind. If you want to get involved with the conversation about the Eagles opener against the Los Angeles Rams, feel free to talk about it. If there's any subject that you feel that you want to bring to the living room, talk about it. And if you want to be involved with other conversations, feel free to be able to speak to us about it. For example, the Big Ten is back. 
That's football, NCAA football. If you remember, a few weeks back, we had Craig Littlepage on speaking about why the Big Ten decided not to have football because of the virus and the impacts of it. It now seems that they want to try and see if they can have a season. They're talking about eight-game schedule returning on October the 24th. I think there's going to be some ebb and flow because of the virus and the impact of the virus. But that's one of the things that is coming back. From an NBA point of view, history, LeBron James sets the historical record in the NBA for the 16th time in his career. First team all NBA. He's passing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Kobe Bryant, and Tim Duncan. They all had 15 times being first team all NBA. So that's historical. If you want to talk about the NBA playoffs, is down to Boston and Miami. Boston won last night. Los Angeles Lakers in Denver. The Lakers won the first game. That's something also that you may want to talk about. Congratulations to Ben Simmons, third-team All-NBA. And if that's a part of anything that you feel that you want to talk about, just let us know, and we can get you into the conversation. With that, we're going to go to Dr. Mike. Good morning, Dr. Hill. And let me start off to saying you make a difference, Sonny. You can put yourself up there with the, with the great ones, too, like RBG. You definitely no, make a difference. No, come on, man. No, no, no. Come on. I go back a long time with you, Dr. Hill. You make a difference, okay? Mm. And number two, you, you hit so many things. And my heart goes out to Mr. Glenn. I don't know if you knew this, Sonny, but I used to have a horse farm in Bucks County in Holland where I raised Arabian horses and thoroughbreds, but my love was raising boxer dogs. And many people say they like to come back to earth as one of Dr. Mike's boxer dogs. I love them. I can't tell you how much. But uh, Well, Dr. Them. Mike, you may be of some assistance with what's going on got with number down. Donnie, Glenn, yep. because mm-hmm. you already have a feeling for and an involvement with horses and therefore, the more people we can galvanize, Dr. Mike, and I know you do this. This is a part of who you are. You are a part of reaching back. You are a part of identifying with people that you have met 
on your journey across the board from all backgrounds, all ethnicities, all genders. And here's another challenge in terms of what Donnie Glenn is doing. You can speak to it because of the fact that what you just said, Dr. Mike, by being someone who is involved with horses, you know what they mean, not only just horses, but how horses and human beings interact and relate and support one another. Well, I'm on your train, Sonny. You know that. I've been on your train for a long time. But you hit a lot of nerves today. First of all, Albert Hoover, a tremendous ball player. But people your age and my age, if you go to St. Louis, who are they going to tell you the most revered player in St. Louis history is? It's number six. The Absolutely man with the pookie, the man. with the pookie-boo, peekaboo That's sand. right. Did you take his back side when he got the, the man, usual. Exactly, exactly. Now, you mentioned things earlier. You mentioned about the Los Angeles Rams. And yes. Bob Waterfield was the quarterback, and the Dutchman was the backup. But if we go down that line a little bit a little longer, who was the Dutchman's backup when they came to the Eagles was none other than Sonny Jurgensen. See, back in the day, you studied your craft. You played behind a great quarterback. And then hopefully you became a great quarterback. And this is what – and baseball. You bring up about baseball. Why you were able to have Henry Aaron on your show is they only played 154 games, of which there were 18, so you played everybody 22 times. So the Boston Braves, which is what they were called when you had Hammer and Hank on your show, would be into Philadelphia 11 games during the season. 11 times you get a chance to see your favorite players, you know, the Mays and everybody else for those other teams. And the thing is, you started your show off so beautifully, Sonny. When you can start a show off with Harold Melvin featuring Teddy, you know you're on the right path. <laughs> you're on the right path. And as far as the Eagles, Sonny, would you love to have Deacon Jones playing for them today? Well, they do have Deacon Jones. No, they have Aaron like Donaldson. Have <laughs> hey, would they you have, like to have they, Tank they, Young? They have a replica of, <laughs> and he's bigger yeah. and stronger. <laughs> I don't know if he's as mean as Deacon. Right. He has all of the other accolades, and that's why the Eagles have to be very concerned about Dr. Mike. I spoke about it earlier in the 7 o'clock hour. Hold on, hold on, Doc. Hold on, Dr. Mike. We we can't have a conversation with two people speaking at the same time. That's why I started off the show this morning at 7 o'clock and talked about what the Eagles are up against with the Los Angeles Rams. They got sacked eight times last week against a no-name defense. We know who they are now, but before the game, nobody had any idea that Washington's defensive line was going to be able to dominate the Philadelphia Eagles' offensive line and have Carson Wentz running repeatedly in the second half and not able to really replicate what he did in the first half. Go ahead. But we can uh, give thanks that we're going to have some of our starters back. We had a, a weak front line, a lot of replacements, guys I never heard of were playing on that front line. But I would love to go back with the Rams and think about Merlin Olsen, Jack Youngblood. And if we had a guy like Crazy Legs Hurst, Philadelphia would be so happy, believe me. Believe me, he'd be so happy. Well, the good thing about what you're speaking about, Dr. Mike, is that you're really educating the younger football fans. That's why when I spoke this morning, during the 7 o'clock hour, and I thank you for listening at that time. 
I spoke about the fact that the Los Angeles Rams is the team that was already in Los Angeles. And a lot of people yes. didn't even realize that. They yes. think of them as the St. Louis Rams, and that is not who they are. Now, the fact that they are back in Los Angeles, and Dr. Mike, you're doing a very good job in terms of bringing up some legendary, legendary names. For example, if you're talking about receivers with the Los Angeles Rams, Dr. Mike, what receiver from the original Los Angeles Rams comes to your name, comes to your mind? Tom Pierce. How, no, I, I, I would say Crazy Legs Hurst. I said Crazy Legs Hurst before. I'd like to have him on the Eagles. But Tom Pierce oh, okay. was the original. Yeah. Crazy yes. Leg Hurst was yes. an Elroy. outstanding receiver. Elroy, Elroy. Elroy Crazy Leg Hurst. Yeah. Yep. Sonny, I'm going to leave you with this, my friend. Two of the most overlooked ball players you're going to see that were great are Albert Pujols and one of the most feared players that ever played the game in both leagues, Frank Robinson. And you don't hear their names mentioned as prevalently. And also Ken Griffey Jr., because they didn't play in the major market. And like you said about Hammer and Hank, if they played in New York or back in the day in Brooklyn or in L.A., you'd, you'd hear their names repeatedly. But they're not mentioned like Mays and, and Mantle and, and the players of that caliber. But they're well, right you, up bring up, you bring up a very good point, Dr. Mike, and, and thank you for letting my radio listening audience that I also spoke about it from a major market. A major market has a lot to do with Let me give you an example as we finish off the show. When Willie Mays was playing for the New York Giants Mm -hmm. in New York, and at that time, when he came up, Joe DiMaggio was still playing. Mickey Mantle had come into the Yankee organization Mm-hmm. And they had the great Duke Snyder wearing number four for the Brooklyn Dodgers. Number four, yes. All of them were, were able to get great accolades and great coverage. But this is what happened. To follow up on what you're talking about, Dr. Mike, and what we're talking about, about the players that you mentioned, if these players had played in the major market, they would be revered even higher. When Willie Mays and the Giants, moved to San Francisco. Willie Mays was disliked in San Francisco because they had already built Willie Mays up to be greater than Joe DiMaggio. And because Joe Mm -hmm. DiMaggio played minor league baseball in San Francisco, he was their hero. So they downgraded Willie Mays And the player that they adopted as the player they wanted to identify with was wearing number 30, Orlando Orlando Cepeda. Cepeda. And therefore, Willie Mays had to work from under the shadow of Joe DiMaggio and Orlando Cepeda. He was able to eventually be able to become the hero and the great player that he was in San Francisco, but we're using that, Dr. Mike, based on what you're saying as a prime example of what happens when you play in a major market and if you play in a market that's not as strong. Dr. Mike, got to go commercial time. 
You, okay, you brought up the baby boat, but they say his father was better. Take care. Love and peace. Yes, true. That's true. I'll talk about that on the other side for you. Um, 94 FM WIP Sports Radio time is 836. It's 841 in the morning, and as always, you're in the living room with Sonny Hill. And before I go back to the phones for the caller, uh, let me uh, wish a happy birthday to another one of my grandchildren, Connor, 9-20-2018, two years old. Happy birthday. Last week, I wished a happy birthday to his brother, Zeke. His birthday was on 9-14, and he's 11 years old. So happy birthday to my grandchildren and uh, many, many more good ones and more to come. Uh, we're going to go back to the phones and we're going to say good morning to Patrick and Abernecki. Tabernacle, Mr. Hill. Tabernacle. Say it again. Say it again. Tabernacle, like the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. All right, where is that located? Burlington County. We're out in the Pine Barrens here, Mr. Hill. All right. 39 Talk to me degrees. this morning. 38 degrees. Listen, we've got a couple things real quick. Uh, James Marshall Hendricks passed away 50 years ago this past week. And last time we spoke, we I, I love music, Mr. Hill. I love me some music. And uh, 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 music across the board, or yeah, yeah, really. Genre? I mean, I'm not. Yeah, I mean, I I, I go, you know, blues and and bluegrass and folk and rock and classic rock. And I even like some classical, some Miles Davis and, you know, trying to get hit to some of this new stuff. But that's uh, a, but that's I didn't a hear you, prop. Patrick. You didn't say my favorite. One of my favorites is Hillbilly. Hillbilly. Yeah. There you you go. never heard of Hillbilly? I never heard, heard uh, who, who was Hillbilly calling Hillbilly is before country and western. Well, is that guy like, like Hank Williams? And, yes, and he like, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Come on now. Yeah, you Hank Williams. You know, he, had no such, music. He, he had a huge influence, Hank Williams did. Short-lived you know, life, the, the, confused yeah. life, but yeah. one of the real architects yeah. of Hillbilly. Now, see, what Hillbilly is is the same as blues is to blacks. Okay. Hillbilly is telling stories. Oh, sure it is. Of All people that music who are does. growing up and... and 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 yeah. going to the to the to the place to get drunk and and, and drinking yep. white lightning and and you know all that kind of good stuff that goes on. Some some so black county Billy, white lightning. <laughs> you know what that white lightning is 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 alcohol that's made oh, sure. illegally sure. up in sure. the woods. Yep. They had a big old vat, and yeah. the big old vat was where they put it together, and then you, they would get it? the white lightning out of it. And then they would be able to get that to people and sell it or give it to them. How do you know that, Sonny? I've seen it. Uh, you ever take a sniff <laughs> on, hey, Mr. Hill, you ever take a sniff onto some of that white lightning in your, uh, in your uh, life? I tell Come you what, now. Patrick. My grandmother, Maddie Ann Terry, said this to me when I was a youngster because we had alcohol in the house. Yep. We had hard, you know, whiskey and wine sure. and beer. Sure. She said to me, she said, if you want to drink, the place to do it is at home. There you go. Therefore, That's you don't advice. have to go outside. 
I love how I you never, speak about. I love I how never, you speak about her. Let me finish. Let me finish, Patrick. I never liked what alcohol does to people. I've seen it. Yeah. I've tasted it. I don't like Not for the everybody. Taste. I don't like what it has. It, it does to people. Sure. And Is I've always time? felt, from my perspective, that I'm strong-willed enough that that's something that I don't do. I don't. I don't you drink. Don't. I don't do drugs. Don't. I don't, don't do any of those kind of things. I'm too strong why, for that. That's why you're still here. But listen, real quick too, is I, I just watched 42 for the first time. I saw bits of it, and I, and, and um, I watched 42 last night, and I'm, I'm blown away. Both, first of all, with, but Bozeman, right? Yes, yes. That's yeah, Jackie Robinson. To check out People don't know yeah. when you say 42, that's Jackie Robinson. Go ahead. Sure. And I can only remember bits of what my father used to speak of, and we're we're American League people. He used to speak of uh, Larry Doby more than um, more than Jackie. But well, you, you know, know that I'm it, a Larry Doby fan. You've been listening I know over you are. years, That's why right? I threw that out there. I know. You, okay. I know. You, okay. But um, but you know what? I I looked at his statistics. This guy just wasn't just didn't do what he did. You know, coming from the Negro Leagues, he 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 was a ball player. He brought it. Who are you this talking about, Jackie Robinson? It. Yeah. Yeah, well, Jackie Robinson is is is, you know, Jackie only had a, a short career. He didn't get in, in the baseball in the major leagues till he was twenty seven. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And he also, was Jackie Robinson, if you saw forty two, you know that baseball was his fourth sport. I know. Yeah, yeah, that's if crazy. His, what were his, his numbers of Was track and field. What What the was next his numbers of Was probably football. The next sport was he was an all conference basketball player at at. Uh, um, UCLA, yeah. and he didn't pick up to play a baseball until late. He is he is one of the great athletes of oh, any boy, he era. Had some speed. He had a lot of speed too, Sonny, didn't he? Well, that's what I'm saying. Track and field. Yeah, yeah. that was his. That yeah. was his. That was his primary sport. Yeah, yeah. Don't so I was reading that. Yeah, ran in the 1936 Olympics and came in next to Jesse Owens. No kidding. See that? That's why I call you. And you know what? You know what happened to his brother after the Olympics, and he went back to no. Los Angeles. He no. was a hero from the Olympics. Yeah. But when he went back to Los Angeles, because of racism, he couldn't get a good job. He ended up being not that it's a bad job. He ended up being the trash garbage guy, and he had a degree. Unbelievable. You know, that's this, the, this whole, that's the society we live in, and but, that's why there's so much outreach and protest in the I black know. movement. Yeah, I, I I understand that. I, I I do. It just blows me away. And I even saw the, recently the James Brown movie. You know, and I love yeah, some James Brown. And, and, and Bozeman did a great job in that yes, as well. He did. Yeah, he did. He did. And 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 you know what, man? Sometimes. I, you know, I you know when he passed, I didn't know really who he was. You know what I mean? And and you mean, and, and, you mean James Brown? No, 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 no. The actor Bozeman. Bozeman. That's when I started. Oh, you mean when Bozeman? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. And um, but you know what? It, 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 it ties into where we are today, Sonny, because like, ain't much changed. <laughs> you know. Well, and, you know and, the good and, thing about that, Patrick, and, and and I'm assuming that you are a white person. Is that correct? I am. Yes, sir. Yep. You've just yep. said all you could expect because you've What's given that? respect and you've identified no. with history and the yeah. fact that this new word that is going around called white privilege 
is something yeah. that this country has been built on off yeah. the backs of those who made it the country, paved the way, and gave free labor so yeah. that the wealthy could become more wealthy and the poor yeah. could not elevate. And and last thing, if I could, real quick. Sure. Harry, Harriet Tubman. Yes. I, I'm going to take my daughter down. I'm trying to make an appointment. You got it with this COVID. You got to go check out the, the Harriet Tubman Museum down in Cape May. Yeah, there's and, a lot of publicity and, and, this week on that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And I tell you what, Harry, Harriet Tubman, man, she she could she could play middle linebacker for the Eagles with her spirit right now. E- e- Eagles oh, could use some of, some Patrick, of her. Patrick, you are so good. <laughs> Patrick, right? you are so 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 very good. Yeah, Thank you. She was you. a bitty thing. She was a yep. busy thing. But listen, Mr. Hill, I, I, I appreciate uh, you. I, 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 really think you wanted, I think before you got into all that, you wanted to talk to me about the Eagles and baseball. Well, I, I got – well, for, well, the Eagles, I don't know what to say about the Eagles, but today's game is going to tell us the season. Yeah. You know, and, and, and you know, I listen to, to, to smarter guys like me, like Ray Diddy and, and, and stuff, and, like, I don't know, man. It's, it, it's week two, and, and, and we're looking at – I think we're, we're looking up a big mountain already. And, and and we got to push. We got to push uphill. And uh, I spoke about that in the in the seven o'clock hour. I don't think it's one of those games where you say you have to win, but I would say it's one of those games Boy, that you don't want to lose because yeah, now you're zero yeah. and two. Yeah. And they're also of... predicting that in the Eastern Division with Washington, New York, Dallas, and the Eagles that is predicted to be one of the weaker divisions. So where are you going to pick up your victories? And if you end up losing to Los Angeles Rams today, mm. who beat Dallas last week, you're off to an 0 and 2 start. Yep, and that's a big 0 and 2. That's a big so things, you, uh, things aren't bring, getting easier for us, you know. It's 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 the, the schedule's not getting any easier. So we got to take care of business. This, this this kid Darnold is is just unbelievable. You know the athletes of today, Sonny. Just an all. I'm a big hockey guy too. And you go around the horn with with the sports and athletes today are just absolutely incredible. What what these people do, you know. Uh, Patrick, and, I would I would I would agree with what you're saying from that perspective. But being an athlete myself, yes, the athletes are greater. Bigger, stronger, quicker, and faster. But they lack. But they don't have the acumen that the great athletes of the past, because they learn the game from the rudiments up. Meaning, Mm -hmm. if you wanted to play baseball, you played baseball in the street. You were able to play baseball in the yard. <laughs> we, you were in the baseball Sonny, in a lot. If you were Sonny, a we played guy. baseball everywhere growing up. When I was okay. a kid, we played baseball. If there were five kids, we were playing baseball. If there were 13 kids, we were playing baseball. If we were in a churchyard, if we were in the street, if we were in the backyard. We and had the rules question I would different. raise with you, Patrick, is that when you were coming up, like I, meaning older than you, you had the older guys that took us yep. under wing. Sure. They're more they nurtured brothers. us. Yep. 
They taught us the rudiments and the fundamentals of the game, not only of sport, but the game of life. The athletes today are not in that category. They're great athletes. Yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah. But but they don't have the kind of mental aspect of the games that are being put. And and as we go off, let me just say this, using, using baseball as a prime example. You turn on baseball today, and we just had it last week when I think the Yankees hit nine home runs in the game. It's either home run, strikeout, or walk. There is no in-between game, no strategy to the game. Sonny, I can't watch baseball. I really can't today. Mm -hmm. I I, I struggle watching it. You put the bat and the ball. Yeah, but you you have the same thing. Let me ask you, you're a hockey guy. Yep. You have the same thing in hockey. Yep. Hockey is more explosive. There's Um, more scoring. Yep. But those rudiments of the game of hockey, and I'm asking you, Patrick, yep. are they I'm there sure. as they were no. back in the golden era? No. No. Okay. No. No. Patrick, it's been a pleasure. You Call too. Call me Love again. Respect. Don't right, let it be care. right back at you, buddy. I got to chill. I got to chill. Thank you for love and respect. Right back at you. Thank you. The 94 FM WIP Sports Radio Time, 8.55. just were able to play some classic music because we know that you are a connoisseur of classic music. That was Bach, and it's happy birthday to you. And uh, we want to say to Dr. Klesko, you are part of this. Normally, you call us and say, can we play this music and let me give you some history and reference to the music and the person that's involved with the music? And then, after that, we play your music. But since it's happy birthday, Dr. Perkel, we decided to turn it around a little bit, give you some Bach and your happy birthday. So with that, happy birthday, Dr. Perkel. Thank you very much. What a nice way to start the morning, listening to some Bach. (laughs) Well, you may want to speak a little bit about Bach and the classic Happy Birthday song because we don't do a lot of music history. That used to be a prominent part of when we went to school. We used to have a course that was about music and about Bach and Beethoven and the great uh, musicians and yeah, musical yeah. of the class. Yeah, one of the one of the sad things about the the turn that public education has taken due to budget cuts is not only the lack of support for athletic programs, but the support mm-hmm. for music and music education. Uh, I think everybody of, of my generation and your generation, as you just mentioned, grew up understanding and listening to 
Bach, Beethoven, and Brahms, the three Bs, and Mozart. Yes, and, you yes. Know, they, yeah, they were the great classics. And whether you went on and, and developed other interests in music, I mean, I love all kinds of music. Mm-hmm. I was brought up on classical music. I made my living playing classical music while just before medical school and during medical school. But uh, it's a it's a wonderful addition to have. And I also happen to love rhythm and blues, Motown, jazz, rock, mm-hmm. other things. But uh, I am not the expert in rock that Dr. Klasko is, that's for sure. He knows his, he knows <laughs> well, his stuff. Don't forget, Dr. Dr. Klasko gave up some of his requests this week because when he spoke <laughs> to uh, – TM, in reference to how we were going to do the show this week, he's a part of wishing you a happy birthday as well. So, Dr. Klesko, you can wish your friend, Dr. Perkel, a happy birthday in the living room. Well, well, first of all, happy birthday, uh, Dr. Perkel. <laughs> Thank uh, many, you. Many returns. And uh, also want to wish uh, a happy new year to, uh, as you would put it, Sonny, your Jewish brothers and sisters, because it's a, it's a new year in the lunar year. And the good news about that is anything we can do to start a new year after last year is a is a good thing. And and I want to promise your uh, all, all of the listeners in the living room that we will be back to Philly Soul next week. I promise that. But that was beautiful music, my box. <laughs> well, let me go to what you just said about the Jewish holiday. I was going to bring that into the conversation, but I thought that with you, uh, Dr. Klesko and Dr. Perkel. Maybe the two of you can give us a little brief history of why the Jewish holidays are so important and the two that we're upon right now. Well, you know, the um, these are called uh, the High Holy Days. Um, and, um, you know, in a, in a very, very high-level thing, it's um, when you reflect on your life. Uh, you, you, you basically look back over the last year, you reflect on your life um it's a great time to call people uh that you haven't talked to uh it's a great time to uh apologize to folks that maybe uh you didn't do everything right uh it's a great time to be with family and the way it works is sort of an eight-day type thing in that this is the beginning of the year the religious pieces that and god uh basically then sets you up for the book of life the next year and then you spend this next week contemplating the last day is called Yom Kippur which is um, a day of atonement uh, where you atone for uh, basically all the year's sins when I was a young Jewish person we used to love the fact that we have to go to church every Sunday and atone we could just do it once a year uh, but at that but that point after Yom Kippur then God seals you into the book of life so it really is setting you up for the next uh, next week, next year, and it's sort of a very beautiful time to uh, get together with folks. And I always try to talk to some people that I haven't talked to for uh, for quite a while. Dr. Bakel, you may want to join in in that so that uh, well, I think this that was... year I won't have to reach out to my Jewish brethren and do what the two of you are doing <laughs> for me. And for well, that, uh, that was a beautiful summary of, of the two high holy days, uh, Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know celebrating the new year and what lies ahead, and then looking backwards and, and on the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur, atoning, asking God for forgiveness for for uh, the sins and other things of the past year. It's a great time for reflection. I, I find I'm I'm not a terribly religious person, I must admit, but. But for me, the two high holy days give me give me a chance.
chance to pause. Our society is so, and all of us, are so darn busy and so consumed with the present, and certainly for Dr. Clasco and for me in the world of medicine, and for Dr. Clasco in the administration of medicine, for me in the practice of medicine and the teaching of medicine, we get so busy in the now, in the moment, and let alone look at what we're confronted with with the pandemic. Um, it's really a wonderful opportunity to use this holiday and uh, in the Christian religion to use going to church or any way that you choose to contemplate and pause and pray to just think about things. We we, we so often don't spend time thinking, uh, contemplating, that uh, meditating. It's 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 very important for one's mental health, for one's sense of wholeness, to do those sorts of things. So if the high holy days can do that for people, so much the better. We have questions. And uh, here's the questions for this week. Starting October the 1st, I must travel from Philadelphia to Atlanta twice a month until December the 31st. What can I do to take extra precaution? Okay. So, Steve, you want to take that or you want me to take well, that? Well, well, look, you know, I mean, uh, I've flown, and I think um, the the – I think Bob has talked about it. Be as, as protected as you possibly can. I think uh, I think we suggest uh, uh, not just masks, uh, but glasses and face shields, and uh, literally try if it's if it's just Philadelphia to land, it's an hour flight, so probably no reason to eat. Um, uh, some um, some airlines now have uh, uh, extended their no middle seats which I think is a responsible uh, situation, not all airlines, so you should check that out. But I, but I think that's, that, that's what I've been doing. Bob, you might have some more specific. Yeah, I, I think there's a, there's a feeling out there that airplane travel, particularly airplane travel, is not safe because of the recirculated air. And I've tried to look at the evidence-based data on this, and I can find nothing that states that recirculated air, the filtering of the air, places you at greater risk. As a matter of fact, what I've been able to find is the way that the airlines do the recirculation of the air and using filtering systems, that part of air travel actually is safe. So I think the radio listening audience can take a deep breath and relax about the filtering of the air. It is safe. On the other hand, the place where you have to be careful and where airplane travel places you at increased risk, aside from the in-cabin experience of, of less than six feet, are the security lines and the terminals in the airports. And I just implore your radio listening audience not to let their guard down. And the individual who asked this question with frequent travel to Atlanta back and forth twice a month, when you're going through security lines, Get, keep that mask on. If you can do what Dr. Clasco just said and have a face shield, plastic face shield or goggles, that would be great. Um, frequent hand washing, 
keeping social distancing. I, I have not been to the airport recently during the pandemic, and I don't know whether the security lines have you at six-foot distancing in line, but uh, you have to be careful about security lines and action in the terminal itself. I would add this, uh, Dr. Perkel and, and Dr. Klesko, gloves, plastic gloves. Good idea. And certainly it goes without saying, so of course I'll say it, if you have been recently ill or you have close contact with someone who has been recently ill with COVID, I would ask those individuals to avoid travel and do the usual 14-day self-isolation, self-quarantine after exposure, whether or not you test positive. There are a goodly number of false negative tests, as we have talked about over the months, so if you are sick or if you've had contact with someone who's been sick, avoid avoid travel for at least two weeks till you heal up. Let me, let me drop this into the conversation with Dr. Klesko and Dr. Perkel. We're hearing and seeing more and more of people who are symptomatic, but they won't take the precaution. They interact with people from their own immediate family throughout, and they bring about sickness and devastation. And then we hear them say, I'm sorry, everybody needs to wear a mask, everybody needs to be precautious. In some cases, it's too late, and in some cases, it's devastating in terms of their family and the relationship within the family because you didn't do the right thing. Well, you know, Sonny, uh, that, that's a very philosophic question in a way. It's, a, it's, it's the classic knucklehead question, you know. Um, yes, there they go. Every, it comes up every, again, knuckleheads. Right. Everybody's sorry um, after they get caught, right? Everybody's sorry yeah. after they got stopped for drinking and driving. Everybody's sorry if they cheated on their way <laughs> husband. And everybody's sorry if they didn't keep their gun locked up in a gun locker. Um, and everybody's sorry if they weren't smart and they were a knucklehead with COVID and affected somebody else. So um, so I think the the important thing of that, frankly, is to get those stories out. I mean, just like people who have been, you know, convicted of drunk driving or worse, uh, often go around and write blogs about how it ruined their life. I think that people who have sort of said, hey, I was like you. I didn't think all the stuff that, that uh, Sunny Hill talked about in the living room is that important. And, you know, I laughed about it. And now I got COVID and I affected my, you know, my wife or my partner or, you know, my family. And now, you know, we, we, we all are out of work, whatever it is, those stories have to get told because I think sometimes people think that this is just political. This is just the Democrats, you know, saying, you know, lockdown. And they need to see real-life stories matter. So these kind of stories, and, and this person that's asked the question, we need to get it out. That's why it's so important for us to have a continuum of you, Dr. Klesko, and Dr. Perkel in the living room with regularity. We had a caller this morning that said they look forward to hearing what the two of you and appreciate what the two of you bring because 
what you bring is the word that you use, Dr. Klesko, you bring consistency. It's the same things that need to be said over and over. So my radio listening audience is hearing it, and not only that, but they're hearing what the latest is going to be in terms of dealing with this coronavirus and how we move forward. So I think that's extremely important. In fact, that when we come back on the other side, we're hearing more and more loud and clear a mask may be more important until we get a actual virus shot. Yeah, that's have, why they are emphasizing mask. And as you two are talking about Dr. Klesko and Dr. Patel, shields and also glasses to protect one. So you guys stay where you are. We'll come back after the commercial, and we'll have a continual conversation. The 94 FM WIP Sports Radio Time, 915. Happy birthday to Dr. Perkel. My understanding, he's one of your favorites. Beethoven is my Speak favorite composer for, for many reasons, not the least of which his music is absolutely sublime, but Beethoven was a guy who uh, who really stood for justice, liberty, and was adamantly opposed to political and social intolerance. He wrote his third symphony, the Eroica, in 1803 and dedicated it to Napoleon, who at the time he thought was going to be the savior for liberty in Europe. And he ripped up the title page composition and took back the dedication to Napoleon when he realized that Napoleon was the tyrant that he became. And then all one has to do, and I'll bet many people in your radio listening audience know the Beethoven Ninth Symphony, the final movement, the Ode to Joy. And that is that is a, a movement that will move people to tears in its profundity and it's a it's a plea for peace, justice and liberty for all people. So Beethoven really hits a chord with me to make a pun. And uh, Bob, he, he is uh, my favorite. This is where our musical tastes come together. This is one of my favorite uh, songs is Roll Over Beethoven by Chuck Perry. So, so, so we, we have, uh, stop we, it. We, ha- we have stop more in common than <laughs> Only you, only you, Dr. Merkel, could do something like that. You, <laughs> oh, my goodness, my goodness. Let me just say this, gentlemen. Gillespie Junior High School is where I attended junior high school. And that's where we had music appreciation. And certainly not as profound as you, Dr. Perkel, but at least listening to the music, 
not totally understanding the music, but at least being in a situation where you were exposed to the music. So yeah. we have something in common from that point of view, and I don't think young people that are growing up today, as you said so eloquently, Dr. Perkel, previously, they're not really exposed to music in the manner that we're discussing this, this morning. And I'll bet, uh, you, Dr. Do, I'll bet you Dr. Yeah, Clasco knows this, but most of the great rock and roll, rhythm and blues, perform, Motown performers that he has been talking about these past months, they were all brought up and schooled in classical music, and they learned composition from that. So oh, yeah. there's, and, there's and, a definite tie-in. And a lot of the Motown riffs uh, take a lot from Quentin. Fortunately, yeah. Beethoven didn't have lawyers back then, so we didn't get into some of those issues. <laughs> It, sound, it sounds like Little Richard when all of his music was stolen from him because he didn't understand that you had to have the rights to your music, not just singing it. And then he had to go through the courts, and finally they were able to be able to litigate and, and move in that direction. But, Dr. Klesko, you said you wanted to say something that's very important in reference to uh, what's going on with the uh, pandemic. Yeah, well, I just wanted to, you know, one of the things I think you do a great job of, a great public service, Sonny, is unconfusing people because there's so much confusion. And I wanted to hit a little bit of what's going on with the vaccine because um, I've, I've had a chance to speak with the Deputy Commissioner of the FDA this week and the CEO of one of the biggest pharma uh, companies. And as we've talked about, uh, there were two sort of relatively knucklehead statements made, made by politicians in, in, in either party. One was from uh, President Trump who said there will definitely be a vaccine out in October. Uh, that won't happen. Um, and the second was from Senator Harris who said, uh, you know, I don't trust any vaccine that gets approved because it will be politicized. And that definitely won't happen. So, 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 so the fact is uh, the FDA has a very rigorous process. There are three top candidates, or about 160 vaccines, that are very far along what's called the phase three process around efficacy, how effective is it, and how safe it is. The first thing they look is at safety. Politicians will not and cannot move that forward. There is something called an expedited process or compassionate use. If the data is so overwhelming and it's something like a pandemic like, like this is, then they will literally take out some of the bureaucracy to make it happen sooner. So, so the facts are uh, there is a chance that we will have a vaccine available sometime before the end of the year, most likely sometime right after the end of the year. What the federal government and pharma have done well, and I'll end with this, is they've really set up a, a military approach, and that's not an allegory. They've actually used the military for the distribution of these things. And pharma is working together with the federal government that once we have a safe, effective uh, vaccine to do that. What is very concerning, and this was a Pew poll that literally came out on Friday, is that 40, 49% probably would not or definitely would not get the coronavirus vaccine. And so much of that is what they're hearing from, from different politicians because of the so that's what we really have to rail against. At the point that there is a vaccine available, take it. Well, let's, yeah. let's look at it, Dr. Klesko, from the general public. And I'll use your word, politicize. Once it begins to be politicized, there's going to be doubt in the mind of individuals. 
right or wrong. I will take it. I won't take it. It's good. It's not good. When you hear the different scientific organizations vacillate or bend to the wishes of whomever that is to their advantage to have it in a manner that most supports who they are, what they're doing, and why they're doing it. This isn't like trying to get a flu shot where in most cases people are in agreement. There are people who have religious beliefs and other reasons why they don't, but it's not politicized. And that's why, Dr. Klesko, what you are talking about in the living room and what you and Dr. Perkel have been able to do over these many, many months that we've had the show and people have identified with it, that you're able to give them confidence, up-to-date information, and reasons why what they hear is even correct or not correct. Go from there. I mean, if, if I can quickly add something, everything yep. that Dr. Clasco said is right on, right on target. That being said, make no mistake about the fact that even in the best of circumstances with the appropriate amount of vaccine available next year and with a certain percentage of American uh, Americans refusing to get the vaccine, without question, going back to first principles, wearing a mask, social distancing, hand-washing, being careful, avoiding contact with high-risk individuals, that's still going to be more important. Yes, I said more important than vaccination. I don't decry the use of vaccination. It's going to be a wonderful addition to armamentarium against this pandemic. But mask wearing and using personal hygiene measures will save more lives than vaccination, and the public cannot forget about that. Dr. Cresco and Dr. Perkel, this past week, we're hearing more and more emphasis placed on mask wearing, even to the point that I'm hearing from some of the top people, some of them who vacillated before. If you wear a mask, it's as important as getting a shot or in a situation where it protects you and others. So the wearing of a mask has become louder and clearer this past week. Yeah, and and I think one of the things, you know, that we have to be careful of, you know, look, this pandemic is, is a really, really, really horrible enemy. And uh, just as you know, when you're fighting a horrible enemy, you don't say, well, I'm either going to use this ammo or that ammo. It's not an either or. So the fact is, today, the number one thing you can do for you and your family is wear a mask, social distance, wash your hands, you know, the, the things that, that, that Bob talks about so well. Um, um, when a vaccine comes, you want to, you know, and it's approved, you want to get in line to take it because that is the next that is the next piece. What I worry about a lot, Sonny, what, what I don't want to have happen is that people of color and, 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 and people in some of our underserved communities 
um, opt not to get the vaccine. Because in the past, what's happened is those are the folks that don't have access to it. And we're really pushing hard to make sure that the people getting access to the vaccine are not just the wealthy people, you know, that can go over to Lincoln Financial Field and, 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 and get a vaccine, because they'll get it. And I want to make sure that the folks that really need it don't get sort of lulled into this, you know, oh, maybe, maybe I shouldn't take it. So that's why I think it's important that we fight to make sure that, that all of our brothers and sisters can, can have access to the vaccine um, and that people listen to the science just like they are with math when it comes to the vaccine. Let me, bring, let me bring this into the equation. We have about three minutes before this segment will be over. We're hearing about the Tuskegee and the syphilis yeah. and what was placed upon the Negroes and colors of that era and it ended up being a disaster, and it created a real problem health-wise for decades within that community. Yeah, I, I lecture in the medical school about the Tuskegee syphilis experiment that went on from mm-hmm. 19, 1932 to 1972 for 40 years. And it was oh, a, my goodness. It, it was a years. study for 40 years, and it was a study of the watching the natural history of untreated syphilis in an African-American community out of Tuskegee, Alabama, in Macon County. Um, And the sad residue from the Tuskegee syphilis experiment, never a treatment experiment, well, started that way in 1928, and then the stock market crashed. It was an observational study. The sad thing was that we knew the natural history of syphilis as of 1920 out of a study of Oslo, Norway, but that occurred among white people. And, of course, in the racist Jim Crow times of the 20s and the 30s, everybody thought that there must be an inherent difference between blacks and whites, so they wanted to study the natural history. The residue of the distrust in the black community of science, research, and participating in research studies is the outcome of the uh, the distrust from the uh, terrible uh, history of the Tuskegee syphilis experiment. So, 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 so let me let me leave with this, Sonny, because I think it's a very important very important point, and that is that when we look at at, at the population that we're talking about, predominantly African American, it is so incumbent on us that we have people of color talking to them, so that literally there's trust. A very that, good point, we, Dr. Klesko. And that we convince them that that this is being done for them, not to them. There you go. Another good point. Well said. Yep. Gentlemen, very informative. Happy birthday again, Dr. Frickell. We're glad that we could play some Bach and Beethoven. And yeah, but just that's share a one, that one week only. One week only with you. I think next week you got to play Roll Over Beethoven with the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> Chuck Berry. No, Chuck Berry. But, uh, gentlemen, I, I don't know how to say thank you other than say thank you. And I know the people that we come in contact with who just rave about this segment, how important it is, and in the time that we're able to do it, because this information is so extremely important. So we look forward to next week. Thank you again. Take care. Thank you, Sonny. Happy birthday. All right. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Dr. Prickell and Dr. Plesko, the Schwartz Collison guest line. If you've been injured, get justice. Call 1-800-JUSTICE.
the 94 FM WIP Sports Radio Time, 935. in the morning and uh, headed towards the 10 o'clock hour. It's football. Philadelphia Eagles football. Philadelphia Eagles first home game of the season versus the Los Angeles Rams. If you miss us in the 7 o'clock hour, We talked about this being an important game, an important game because the Eagles do not want to start the season 0-2. Don't forget, the Los Angeles Rams played the Dallas Cowboys last week in Los Angeles. And by the way, when I say ostentatious, I'm talking about the new Ram facility. I think they said it costs $5 billion to build. And the Los Angeles Rams will be sharing that facility in reference to football with the two professional football teams that are now in Los Angeles. But you talk about ostentatious. I mean, the way they kind of let us take a visual view, unbelievable, just unbelievable. But back to what we're talking about, which is the Eagles, home opener against the Los Andes Rams. Important game. And again, not to go down 0-2 in the beginning of the season. What are some of the things that the Eagles have to be aware of? Aaron Donaldson, when we are watching the game on TV or listening to the game on WIP with Merle Reese and Mike Quick, we want to not hear with any consistency that Aaron Donaldson is disrupting and tackling Carson Wentz. Sonny, why are you saying that? Again, I spoke about it last week. At the same time, at the latter part of the show, We're getting ready to go off. When I spoke about Washington, a little different, but the same scenario. At that time, I said clearly, 
Washington has the advantage on the Eagles because the Eagles, they can scout because they have tape in reference to what the Eagles do and can do. There is no tape last week or video of what Washington is going to be under new coach, new coaches, and new philosophy. It looked good in the first half of the game. But it became a nightmare in the second half of the game. And, Sonny, why did it become a nightmare? Because Carson Wentz looked so good in the first half. In the second half, he was non-existent in most part. Don't you think that the Los Angeles Rams are going to look at that video, dissect that video, and try to make sure that what occurs this week from the Los Angeles Rams' perspective is another horror show for the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, there is a good sign. Lane Johnson is back this week. That's offensive line help. From an offensive point of view, Miles Sanders is back in the running back position offensively. Hopefully, the two of them will be able to help to take some of the pressure off of Carson Wentz. And you may have heard this week that both Goff and Wentz were drafted in the same draft, Goff going one, Wentz going two. Now, you know there's some competition within the two of them. They won't speak about it but it's a natural reaction that the two quarterbacks that were drafted one and two are now playing in this game against one another. That's competition within the competition. I can tell you that because I'm an athlete. You know, when I had to go against some of the people that uh, had that recognition on any level, and particularly the ones that were sometime in the same conversation that I would be in, you certainly wanted to look at it and take it to another level. That's just being a competitor. So it's going to be interesting to see which of the two quarterbacks are going to end up having the best 
gain. That is going to be a large part in terms of the outcome of the game. So we're going to be looking at some of the things that I'm talking about as things that will help to give you some insight to this important game. It's not a game that's, you know, you got to win it because we don't know what the rest of the seat, but it's an important game. It's also an important game because don't forget last week, Los Angeles Rams beat the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys are in Atlanta this week. There's a likelihood that they're going to beat Atlanta. We don't want to end up being 0-2 and and the Cowboys are 1-1. These are so many of the subplots that go on within the game that you are watching. So it's important that you, my radio listening audience, will be looking at some of the things that we're laying out for you as we get towards the 10 o'clock hour. We certainly don't want to see Carson Wentz do what he did in the second half of the Washington game. For lack of a better word, he panicked. And he had a right to panic. And you say, why did he have a right to panic, Sonny? Washington had eight sacks. You know, you hear about that body clock that goes off with quarterbacks? Well, his body clock was an alarm, particularly in the second half. And that's why you did see, that's why you're able to see Carson Wentz do some unwince like things, particularly when he is able to get out on the edges. That's when he is even more effective. But he wasn't able to do that with any consistency in the Washington game. Don't you think that the Los Angeles Rams have dissected that video enough to find out where they think the weaknesses are and where they can attack. And when you have an Aaron Donaldson, one of the most feared and revered defensive players in the league, you bet your bippy that Doug Peterson has come up with hopefully a scheme that will keep him at least neutral. Neutral at least to the point that he's not 
disruptive in terms of wrecking what it is that the Eagles line is trying to do. So when you look at the game, think about some of those points that I pointed out to you. See if some of them can be on the plus side, not the negative side. If they're on the plus side, we should be able to get our Carson Wentz back. If it's on the negative side, we're going to get the Carson Wentz that was the second half of the Washington game. Those are some of the keys and some of the things that I think will be extremely important in this game today. Let me also warn you, the fans, if you have not heard, there is no tailgating in the area. The city of Philadelphia has said, stay away. Police are going to be in full force to make sure you stay away. And they're not saying stay away from just the Eagle site. They're saying stay away for the total area. So if some of you right now are driving in that direction and think you're going to get into the park or some of those other areas and you're going to set up tailgating or you want to, you know, root for the, the, the Eagles and I hear some of, well, we should have the right to be able to go down and do what we want to do. No. It's a pandemic. They don't want people congregating in large numbers. We don't want to spray the virus. That's why we have our show with Dr. Klesko and Dr. Prakel. Wear your mask. Stay social distance. Sanitize. Wear your gloves. I want to thank my producer, Anthony Foley. Second week in a row, Anthony. Thank you so very much. Thank my producer, executive producer, TM. Thank you for all the input and making sure I stay on target and I don't do what I normally do, I drift. <laughs> People got to help me. Don't get stay tuned for Countdown to Kickoff with Ray. And as we're going off, we're going to give you some music, but we always say this. Remember this. It's your living room. I'm just a moderator. Play it. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.